Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. You know, there's a lot of news going on in many parts of the world. And so, as a lot of Americans do, you wake up in the morning, you want to know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, this isn't how I get my news, but a lot of people will go to your Good Morning America or CBS This Morning or the Today Show, whatever, to understand what's going on, right? Yeah. They're going to tell you what you need to know. That's what they're supposed to do, at least, right? Mm-hmm. Can we check in with the Today Show today? What, what's, what's the most important things out there? I just, I just want to know what it is that's happening. Rising yeah, concerns I, about monkeypox in America. Uh, monkeypox in America. Monkeypox? Yeah. breaking overnight ready to deal the u.s and russia now set to discuss a prisoner swap after wnba star Brittany griner is sentenced to nine years in a russian prison <laughs> that's the, the biggest story that's the lead <laughs> yes of course Brittany griner going to prison that's the lead you, you gotta be kidding me is that a story of course that's that's number one mm-hmm. and number two is monkeypox number two is monkeypox yes Okay, um, we have a big bill. We're about to go further in debt, right? Yeah. I mean, the economy is the number one story and has been for a while. And we're talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh-huh. That seems to be a big deal. Of course, as we have come to learn and expect, it's not going to reduce inflation at all. It's going to make it worse. Yeah, yeah it will. But that is sort of the big story out there. Yeah. So thought it was interesting. Economic advisor and former White House advisor, Larry Kudlow, was asked, I think this was by Sean Hannity, hey, um, is this going to reduce inflation? Is this going to be good for the American people, middle class people, yeah, who need a break from these gas prices and these food prices? And hey, what does Larry say? Well, Larry says, well, no, it won't. And one of the reasons is because it is a it is a tax hike on the American people. Anybody making basically anybody making over ten grand a year is going to see an increase. The other part is that they're hiring a new fleet of IRS agents, which means that for the most part, lower income and middle income Americans will be subject to more audits. You know, they they say, well, this is going to be able to recapture. The trillion dollars the federal government misses out on because of tax loopholes and whatnot that are taken advantage of by the elite. Nuh-uh. That's not how it works. Disproportionately, in study after study after study, disproportionately, the people who get targeted by audits the most are the open and shut cases, and that is people making less than $100,000 a year. And so this is going to be essentially... Several million dollars going towards the IRS so that they can perform as proctologists for middle-class income earners. <laughs> you know, and on a side story from that, when you're talking about the IRS, and this isn't something a whole lot of people know. It was reported on earlier this week. 
Um, the IRS is stockpiling ammo. What? Have you heard that story? <laughs> Hold on. Wait, what? Yes. The IRS? More than 5 million rounds of ammunition. <laughs> okay, wait. Okay, when I, when I give the line, buy guns and ammo, plant the crisis garden, and get right with Jesus, I'm not talking to the IRS or any federal government agency. I'm talking to you <laughs> listening right. in your car or at home. Yes. So I saw this story just a couple days ago. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And, well, Tucker Carlson last night had Matt Gates on because Matt Gates has introduced a bill to ban the IRS from acquiring ammunition. And that is out there. Why? Why? Yes. Why is I the know, IRS... I didn't plan on talking about this on the show. It just, when you said the IRS, I'm like, oh, yeah, plus they're stockpiling ammo. You're looking it up right now, aren't you? I'm, looking I'm not lying. Up. You think I'm like crazy. No, like I, I don't. I, I just want to know why the IRS needs that much ammo. They always ask us, you know, uh, you know, those of us who own guns, like, well, why do you need X amount of rounds? And why do you need this much ammo? And why do you need to buy this type of ammo? And blah, 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 blah. Uh, well, why does the IRS need five million rounds of ammo here? Well, what's the first thing that comes to mind? No, dude. It's not good. It's on. <laughs> so, yes, that's out there, just so you know. Meanwhile, uh, our trusted government officials, like the CDC, caught another lie. Uh, the CDC had claimed the link between heart inflammation, myocarditis, yeah. and the vaccines. You know, that wasn't known for most of 2021. It was known. It was known. You were just called a conspiracy theorist if you brought it up. Right, but there were different news outlets that were asking them the question, and they said, we don't have any documents that would show that. They're like, well, we have research, you know, from Israel, uh, from the U.S. military, that this is happening. Yep, we, nope, nothing here. And now they have to admit, okay, yeah, I guess we did know that, um, but but there was some miscommunication. Mm Mm-hmm. So you got Senator Ron Johnson, Republican from Wisconsin, said that this FOIA response, quote, raises even more questions about the agency's honesty, transparency, and use or lack thereof of its safety surveillance systems to detect COVID-19 vaccine adverse events. And he sent two letters to the CDC about the inability to find records demonstrating its use of the vaccine surveillance system. And they have failed to respond to my letters, said Mr. Johnson. Yeah. Well, so much of the pandemic has been marked by people in public health lying to us for our own good. I mean, it's it's Fauci saying, well, don't wear a mask, but then wear a mask. And the reason why he flip-flopped right. on that by his own admission is because he didn't want to cause a panic and didn't want to lose out on all the PPE uh, that would have been available to hospital workers and whatnot. They cannot, these people cannot be trusted. Because no. at every step of the way, they have been lying or trying to skirt the truth in order to achieve their goals. I don't think you can say it any better than that. And they prove it again and again and again. This, I thought, was great news, switching gears to Florida. Because so often, over the last couple of years, people in America have felt helpless. They're watching crime all over the place, and no one seems to do anything. Uh, 
stopping school from happening, stopping people from going to church because of lockdowns. In so many ways, people are frustrated and saying, how can this happen? Who's in charge? Who's doing something to stop this? And that's why I think this story has resonated with so many people and gives them a sense of hope and gives them a sense of, yes, we can fight this stuff. And I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, so Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, has suspended Reed Fired, a state prosecutor, because the state prosecutor said he wouldn't enforce the law when it came to uh, abortion, the 15-week or post-15-week abortion ban. He would not enforce the law there. He would not enforce state law when it comes to the banning of sex change operations for minors. And and it comes, it, it's, it's a long line mm-hmm. of things that this particular prosecutor named Andrew Warren has decided he's not going to enforce. He's not going to enforce this law, that law, because it doesn't fit his personal agenda. That's different than what I've heard some people say, you know, well, there are prosecutors who make prosecuting decisions all the time. Well, that, that's a separate thing. If you're, if, you're, if you're flat out saying, I will not enforce this law versus I will not seek the death penalty in capital murder, or I will not, those are different things. You're not choosing to not enforce the law if you're a prosecutor who says, I'm not planning on seeking the death penalty, you're still seeking to punish the person who murdered somebody. You're just not going to go that far in the sentencing request. In this case, he just says, I'm not going to enforce the law. And, and people so, have been doing this all across the United States. And, 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 and you have regular, everyday people saying, how can this stand? How can they do that? And so Governor DeSantis, uh, he says, no, you're, you're fired. You're out. You can't do this. We're not, <laughs> right. going, we're not going to allow. And this, this comes after uh, interviews with local law enforcement officials. And anyway, here's what he said on Tucker Carlson's show last night about the decision. In Florida's constitution, uh, that constitution vests the veto power in the governor not an individual district attorney or a state attorney where they can pick and choose. And so I asked my staff to review all state attorneys in the state of Florida. I wanted to see who was picking and choosing. And this is the guy that all the line prosecutors, all the law enforcement said uh, he thinks he can pick and choose which laws. And he actually signed letters saying he wouldn't force laws against uh, transgender surgeries for minors, laws protecting the right to life, and then he has all these policies in his agency that are called presumptive non-prosecution. No, the law is presumptively enforced. That's not something that's acceptable. Right. Uh, and so we there today, we made the decision. The, the jarring thing about it, though, Tucker, I had all these sheriffs from the area there. I had the former police chief in Tampa. There's a lot of line prosecutors in that office that are very happy uh, that this was done. And so we took it seriously. We did a thorough review. And we pulled the trigger today. Yes. That's what you need to do. Good for him. Yes. There's a there's a right-wing commentator named Jesse Kelly. Every once in a while I get a kick out of his tweets. But he, he said something that I thought was totally, totally right. He said, right now the easiest job in the country is being a red state governor. Well, in a state that's not called Florida. All you do is copy what Ron DeSantis does. Dude, I thought the same thing. <laughs> Seriously. And I wasn't, you know what, I'm not looking to take shots at Texas Governor Greg Abbott. I think he's done a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. But if you put DeSantis there, it would be even better. Oh, absolutely. I think that's true. I think that's true with yeah. any red state, to be honest. He is showing people actually how it's done. Whether he ends up as the nominee for the Republican Party or not, we'll see. If nothing else, it is. 
Here's an example of what a governor should look like. Yeah. Absolutely agree. All right. A lot to get to. Um, <laughs> it's unreal. The FBI official who oversaw the fake Michigan governor kidnapping case actually got promoted. Like so many with this administration. <laughs> that and much more coming up right here. Dave Ramsey here, celebrating 100 years of service. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. Do you have a news update? I do. I do. Uh-oh. So the Democrats want to try to get this uh, spending plan they've got, uh, $600 billion or so, uh, which will also raise your taxes, incidentally. They want to get this thing through. In order to get it through, through a process known as reconciliation, they need everybody in the Democratic Party to vote for this. Um, and they cannot afford to lose any votes. Well, then the question is, well, Joe Biden, for example, latest high-profile elected official who has COVID, and in fact, he's still testing positive for COVID and has to isolate. So you wonder, okay, what happens if a member of the Democratic Party gets COVID? They have to sit it out, and then this bill dies. Senate Democrats have adopted the don't test, don't tell protocol. Oh, my gosh. you got to be kidding. One senior aide tells uh, Puck News they're not going to delay it if a member has gotten COVID. Counterparts are saying they're not going to test anymore. It's not an official mandate, but we all know we're not letting COVID get in the way. This deal is happening. Less testing, just wear masks and get it done. Wow, that's where we're at now. Uh-huh. Mm. These rotten sons, I mean, seriously. So you want to go vote and you say we shouldn't have the mail-in stuff. It's yeah. too ripe for fraud. Right. Killers! Mm-hmm. Oh, you actually have COVID? <laughs> don't test, don't tell. No problem. Come on in and vote. You we think, need to get this through. I'm sorry, but man, this is, this is exhausting for more than two years. You know, we've done all sorts of things in this country, like shutting down churches, arresting people who were on a beach alone, yep, keeping kids out of school, crushing small businesses, ruining people. Yeah, the person on the beach, they didn't even have COVID. You just can't be out there. Right. Uh-huh. We have ruined lives. The government has ruined lives, and the Democrats were like, yeah, we got to do it if it saves one life. Right. But well, when it- and then the poor teachers... Uh, right. Kid might give him COVID and kill him. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But, but now this is different. You want to get this spending package through? I mean, so basically, what Democrats are saying is that uh, we need to do everything possible if it saves one life and doesn't hurt us. <laughs> right. That that's it. Oh, and and Man. while you're at it, don't worry about monkeypox. Have your gay sex orgy. Okay. Jeez. You know, we had that poll, um, and it startled people within the last two weeks, where you had almost a third of Americans say, yeah, they can see a time where you may have to take up arms against your government. Mm -hmm. It's stuff like this that pushes people closer to that day. Yeah. Like, this is whacked.
to all of a sudden do a 180 on if you have COVID. Are you kidding? Yeah. Just don't test. Wow. <laughs> Golly. And also with this administration, as we know, if you do a horrible job, you just screw something up, Royal, you're going to get promoted. Oh, yeah. It's the upside-down world. It oh, really is. As long as it somewhat helps the brand or helps the people in, in positions of power, they'll do it. Remember the plot to kidnap and kill Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer? How it was yeah. or, literally orchestrated by the FBI. If not for the FBI, none of that comes together. Correct. And that's why the suspects involved were eventually let go. There were two acquittals and a couple of mistrials. And I think prosecutors are going to take another run at at least one of them. But uh, the dude who ran the Detroit field office for the FBI, the office that was overseeing this operation, he got a promotion and is now overseeing the office that's investigating the Capitol riot. How do you get yeah. that gig? Now, the FBI director, Chris Ray confirmed this during testimony yesterday when asked about that whole Gretchen Whitmer debacle by Senator Ted Cruz. That did a nice job here. Well, the special agent in charge of that case has now been sent to D.C., to the Washington, D.C. office, and now leads the investigation regarding January 6th. Is that correct? That doesn't sound right to me. That does not sound right. The, the, the name of the individual is Stephen... D'Antuno, he was, he was run out of the FBI Detroit field office. Uh, Mr. D'Antuno was the special agent in charge of the office, uh, the Detroit field office, and is now the assistant director in charge of the Washington field office. I thought you were asking about the agent who was responsible for the... So the guy in charge got promoted and is now in charge of the January 6th investigation. The guy in charge of the whole Detroit field office is now in charge of the whole Washington field office. That is astonishing. <laughs> it is astonishing. You're right about that. It is. <laughs> it's so frustrating, man. You know what else we got to get into is this monkeypox thing. Not because I think, David, you or I are saying, oh, be very afraid. It's that this is dominating headlines right now. Yeah, it is. While affecting a very small part of the population. It's 6,000 cases. And in virtually all of those cases, if they had, a ju if they had avoided jumping in the pile, they wouldn't have gotten monkeypox. But this is an underserved community. <laughs> Holy smokes. Um, and yes, your taxes will go up if the Democrats pass their bill. We'll get to that as well. Coming up right here. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. This is Jack Riccardi celebrating 100 years of service on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. That's David Van Camp, the millennial, and the sexy boomer on vacation. That's Scott Robbins. Okay, monkeypox. Oh, my gosh, be afraid. Well, if, if you're in a certain community, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you are a gay man who enjoys belly flopping into man stew, then yes, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> Saying promiscuous group Very type promiscuous, stuff. Yeah. Yes. Going to the Johnson family reunion. Yeah. That, that Got it. Yeah. But that's kind of it, right? That's pretty much it. Yes. The vast majority of cases of monkeypox are affecting the, a, a small minority of gay men who are highly promiscuous. Right. Not 
you're in a committed relationship. It's just going no. to these parties no. mostly is where this is happening. No. Pete Buttigieg is at approximately, as far as I know at least, 0% risk okay. of getting monkeypox. Got it. Um, but yet we have a health emergency now. Yes. Okay. And the Washington Post said officials are debating warnings? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they uh as the as the story goes, you know, of course we know what is a major driver of this outbreak, but but you know health officials and activists are saying that calls for abstinence don't work. Sorry, again, you you sent the cops to shut down church services during COVID. Right. But apparently the pile is something that's sacred that we can't tell people not to do. Okay. Uh, they say, you know, public health authorities worry about placing too much emphasis on sex as a mode of transmission because, you know, monkeypox also spreads in other ways. Well, sure it does. But for the okay. most part, who's it affecting? <laughs> My goodness. Okay, they're saying close contact, the skin touching skin. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and what else? Well, you know, ur- urging to people to do that less often places the onus on individuals to end the outbreak and distracts from other potential sources of transmission, such as dancing in packed clubs. Okay, right now, as it stands, again, the onus is on the people who are primarily getting and spreading this. I mean, I'm sorry, but you don't get to spend two years calling those of us who question the science behind COVID. You don't get to spend two years calling us grandma killers and then suddenly say, well, you know, we really can't tell people to slow the spread of monkeypox. You can't visit someone in the nursing home. You can't go see someone that's possibly dying in the hospital. No. Okay, because it could be the spread. But we don't want to go too far here saying, hey, the touching and rubbing, you you should knock that off for a while until this monkey thing's over. Right. What the heck? <laughs> By the way, speaking of that, um, let's go to outstanding today's show coverage of monkeypox because this was the second biggest story of the day from the Today Show, number one being Brittany Griner. Okay, telling you what you need to know. Listen to this. Rising concerns about monkeypox in America. It has now been declared a public health emergency by the Biden administration. That move comes on almost two weeks after the World Health Organization did the same. More on that in a second because maybe we're a little late on this. Is it really a public health emergency? No. Well, and, and public health officials were late on it because they wouldn't tell people how most folks were getting it. Because they didn't want to offend anybody. You don't want to offend. You got to tread lightly. Dr. G. Shah. Yeah. You know, White House, he's the big COVID guy. Yeah. So he's taking on an extra gig. He's got to tackle monkeypox, too, and he explains. Um, A public health emergency declared by the Secretary of Health and Human Services unlocks a set of tools, allows us to speed up vaccines and make treatments more easily available, allows us uh, to gather data more efficiently. So um, really, this is about the government taking this very seriously, about uh, putting more tools into our toolbox as we fight this virus. But as you say... Always the tools in the <laughs> toolbox. When I'm watching that and I see it, I'm like, you're kidding me. There's no way he actually said it again. The tools in the toolbox. 
Yes, he did. Of course he did. And he goes on. Uh, 6,600 cases. We're going to see that increase as we ramp up testing and make testing even more widely available. Uh, but thankfully, no one has died of that in the United States. And we're going to do everything we can to both get the cases under control and obviously make sure that uh, people don't end up getting particularly sick. Okay. I couldn't help but think of this. And I'm thinking most just regular, everyday Americans think the same thing when you're talking about this health emergency, yeah. right? And it's the second biggest story of the day. Mm -hmm. Think about how many opioid deaths there were in 2021. Oh, golly. Yeah. Over 100,000 people died. Not got this awful rash. We're talking about died. We have fentanyl coming up through the southern border. People are taking stuff laced with fentanyl every day and dying. Do we have a public health emergency on that? Do we talk about it the way we're talking about monkeypox for the last several weeks? What the is going on? I don't know, man. It seems like pretty open and shut case here. Tell this small percentage of gay men to stop chasing Joey Chestnut's record for six weeks or so. Okay? I got to ask, do you come up with those on the fly? Do you think about that before the show? Because I'm always surprised by them. I'm like, that's, that's pretty funny. I could keep going. You know what? We'll do a little bit more of the Today Show coverage of that later okay. in the show. It's, right. it's, it's totally worth it. Um, you should probably know about your money, um, that your taxes are probably going to go up if the Democrats pass this bill they're talking about. Yeah, your taxes are going to go up. And also, the new spending bill from Democrats includes an $80 billion boost to the IRS. Now, what they say it's going to do is they're going to hire more agents to crack down on uh, wealthy people who are cheating on their taxes. But that's history. Ha it passes prologue. If you're making under a couple hundred thousand grand a year, which is most Americans, uh, you're screwed. You're going to get audited sometime in the near future. Yep. Because for the most part, overwhelmingly so, the people who are middle to lower income earners are the ones who get audited most frequently, and that costs time, that costs money, that costs effort, it causes sleepless nights, all of that. The Democrats are just looking for new and exciting ways to screw you. Not only that, they're stockpiling ammo. Yeah, they are. Because Well, there is a law enforcement enforcement arm of the IRS, I guess, to you know go into... I don't know, it seems like we have so many armed federal agencies anyway, I don't know why the IRS needs to have 5 million rounds of ammo... But whatever. You know, and the left always freaks out about amounts of ammo. Right. Who needs five million rounds? <laughs> Who needs that much to go hunting? Well, it's not for hunting, see? Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, just, I just had that conversation with a family member. Really? About how much, and I'm, I'm not going to disclose how much exactly that I've got stockpiled, but they said, well, why do you need all of that? Yeah, you know, better to have it, not need it. And I like to go to the range a lot, okay? Yeah. And if everything breaks loose, you could say to your family members, where are you going to? Right. right. I'm guessing it's my crib. Well, too bad. Meaning yours, we, David. We have strict lockdown policies. <laughs> if it saves one life, Jamie. Uh, you know, the answer to everything over the last uh, several months has been, hey, just buy an electric car. It'll be cool. Right. It'll solve everything. Yes. Yeah become an ongoing joke with this show um i thought it was pretty interesting that this new tax credit um 
that you would get from the Joe Manchin, Chuck Schumer bill, the inflation reduction <laughs> bill, would actually disqualify almost all existing electric vehicles. <laughs> so you think you get this electric vehicle tax credit, right? right. Wah, wah, wah. No. Not so fast. No, not with these, because it has to be the battery made from certain places, and that can't be China. And you've brought this up several times. So that's most. Yes. Oh, gosh. You imagine? Somebody thinking, okay, at least this is going to be a tax write-off. Everybody is saying you got Jennifer yeah. Granholm, the energy secretary, and you got Boot Edge Edge. You know, transportation saying, uh, yeah, this is a perfect time. And, uh, you know, tax credits? Nope. Sorry. Moose out front, should have told you. Um, Not on these vehicles. The other question is, where does Jennifer Granholm go when she leaves uh, the Department of Energy? Probably going to sit on the board of some company that just happens to manufacture these batteries. Yes. That are going to sell more than their competitors because they have this American-made battery in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the story is it's the sourcing requirements in the bill to make an electric vehicle eligible for the t for the credit are so strict as to exclude nearly all of the existing models. Wall Street Journal had that story yesterday. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, part of this stuff you just you can't make up. Now, you have a story about a suspended prosecutor that says he's staying on the job. Yeah, this is in Florida. Uh, oh, that the, guy. The governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has <clears throat> excuse me, uh, suspended, a.k.a. fired, uh, state prosecutor because the state prosecutor said he wouldn't enforce the law. Um, Andrew Warren is the prosecutor in question. He's another one of these you know, far-left nut jobs backed by billionaire George Soros. And... Uh, he actually did an interview with CBS News, and of course, you know, the media wants to make him out to be this sympathetic figure, because Ron DeSantis oh, yeah. is big bad, right? He's this horrible right. human being. And I love the setup, even to the question, or even to uh, the answer that you'll hear eventually from CBS News. Okay. How rare a suspension like this is. I'm thinking back to 2017, Governor Rick Scott at the time, a state attorney in Orlando said she would not seek the death penalty, but she wasn't suspended. What, what's changed now that's made for this move that you now face? Well, it's a great question. What's changed is that the governor's changed. You know, policy differences aside, we've had governors who have respected the rule of law, and now we have one who clearly doesn't. I mean, he is stepping No, up. no, 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 no. That's you that doesn't respect the rule of law. You don't just get to make up what right. truth is. Stepping on the rights of the voters of Hillsborough County. Nope. This is blatantly unconstitutional in violation of Florida statute. No, it's not. He doesn't have the authority to suspend me he just because does. he wants to, especially when he's focused on things that I haven't even done yet. The bottom line is oh, that yes. the people elected me to serve in this position, and I'm going to continue doing it to keep our neighborhood safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Wait. laughs> The setup, even to his answer, was crazy. Where you have the news anchor saying, "Well, you know, there was a prosecutor who said I'm not going to, I'm not going to seek the death penalty." Okay, but that prosecutor didn't say I wasn't going to go after murderers. A sentencing decision or a sentencing request decision is not the same as saying I'm ignoring the law. Right. You put that very well. I get emotional fast. Like you're a liar. You're a freaking liar. <laughs> You know what? And I saw the clip of him. You know what? Uh, I think Tucker Carlson had it last night.
because he was talking about all these Soros-backed people, and people have had enough, and they're getting these DAs out of there. And it was that guy at an abortion rally, and he's weeping, talking about, it makes me fearful for my daughters. A dad's out there fearful his daughters won't have a way to get an abortion, and you're going to weep about it? Oh, those are the men that are going to lead this country. Get this clown out of there. Jeez. Okay, more craziness out there. Oh, in another town, schools are training teachers to break the gender binary. It's nuts out there right now. Straight ahead. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Hey there, it's Lars Larson. Glad to celebrate 100 years of service on News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Big Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on a well-deserved vacation. Man, it's kind of crazy in San Diego. Unified School District there instructing teachers to, quote, dismantle heteronormative... Oh, I can't even say it. Heteronormativity and break the gender binary in their classrooms. Mm-hmm. Got to have some training on how to do it. No, you don't. That's K through 12. No. no, you need to teach kids how to read and how to do math. I agree with you. But they're being trained in radical gender theory and providing course materials to students to indoctrinate them with radical gender, uh, not only theory, um, but also, as you would expect, yeah, stuff on race, as the story go- as the story goes. The trainings instruct teachers to use gender neutral language and encourage transgender and non binary identity expression to break the gender binary. Well, here, here's the problem. Christopher though. Rufo mm-hmm. discovered this again. He's the one that seems to find this all over the place. Yeah. When you've got people saying, "Well, it's not happening in schools." Yes, it is. Yeah. Wow. You know, here's the problem with that. Well. One of the many problems with that is they talk about non-binary. Non-binary is not a thing. That That's a cry for attention. Oh, I agree with you. Yes. Well, your old love, Demi Lovato, mm-hmm. when she started going Zim, Zer, They, Them, whatever yeah. it was. You know, I told you at the time, listen, dude, she's a dabbler. So that's not for real. That's not forever. She's going to be back. This is just like, this is to get more clicks and attention right. or whatever, and then it comes back around. Yeah. I mean. They're usually easy to spot. And so a lot of times you see that, and, you know, the somebody will be a dabbler in the pronoun costume world, mm-hmm. and then they'll just sort of snap out of it. Which is, but I would guess in that, you know, in that world, then you'll have people saying, you're just a dabbler. You're not for real. No, I'll get the surgery. And then you regret it. Yeah. Well, you know, see, you hear different people talk about it. I've heard Matt Walsh talk about it, that in the next 10 years, how many lawsuits there's going to be. Oh, there should be. That, of kids going with puberty blockers now, some sort of surgery, and not to mention the amount of suicides yeah. that we're going to see in the next 10 to 15 years, which is so friggin' awful I, I don't what think these it, people are doing to these kids. I don't think it should be lawsuits. I think we need criminal trials. For, I don't disagree with that at what, all. For what they're doing to children. Agree. Something that made news earlier this week was Whoopi Goldberg, among other things, saying God's cool with us having abortions. He gave us the choice. Right. Okay, You're like wh- where where in the world would you get that? Do you have no clue? And then I saw this story: Britney Spears upset with the Catholic Church. Apparently, she had posted this on social media and then deleted it. Um, 
but she had mentioned this Catholic church. She said it was beautiful. I wanted to go there every Sunday, but it was shut down due to COVID. She said, then two years later, I wanted to get married there. And they said I had to be Catholic and go through a test. Four exclamation marks. Isn't church supposed to be open to all? Four question marks. Do you know how that works, Brittany? Yeah, yeah. Go, go try to have communion as a non-Catholic at a mass. I mean, they'll they'll politely tell you the answer is no. Yeah, you have to be a member of the Catholic Church. I think it might have been you that said, "What do you think this is? Just like a." Some sort of public venue for you to get married? <laughs> right. This <laughs> church, This is the Markley Van San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on a well-deserved vacation. Seems like there's a lot of stuff going on, important things. Yeah. I know, you know, legacy media like the Today Show, top two stories, Brittany Griner and monkeypox. <laughs> you know, we have people here in the United States on the terror watch list that we brought into the country. That's not being reported. It doesn't seem anywhere. No, no. And it's been confirmed now. Uh, so... A whistleblower from the FBI has said, hey, you know, remember that chaotic evacuation, of largest airlift in history, by the way, out of Afghanistan about a year ago? It was chaotic. The anniversary of that debacle. Yeah, you you know, it was uh, completely chaotic, and there were just people, in some cases, literally trying to hang on to the outside of airplanes. We didn't know who any of these people were. Nope. Yeah, you know, whatever, we're going to resettle them, right? Okay, we're going to spend millions of dollars resettling Afghan refugees and all that. We don't really know who they are. Uh, meanwhile, American citizens and permanent legal residents were trapped in Afghanistan, left behind. I just asked the question, hey, we don't know who these people are. Xenophobic! Yeah. Right. So yesterday, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, was testifying in front of a Senate committee, and Senator Josh Hawley asked about this report of you know agency personnel being instructed to cut corners when processing afghan refugees and, and listen to this exchange mr chairman the, the whistleblower has also alleged that political appointees at the national security council and at dod instructed agency personnel to cut corners when they were processing afghan evacuees and rather than administer fingerprint uh, fingerprint tests on all ten fingers, for instance, to abbreviate those tests in order to promote rushed evacuation, they also alleged that personnel at DHS who worked on vetting Afghan refugees had been authorized to delete old biometric data whenever they personally want to. Obviously, these are very troubling allegations. Are you aware of this behavior at DHS and DOD? Uh, I'm not familiar with the report that you're referring to. Uh, I will say that... Um this was a massive number of people to be vetting in an extraordinarily short period of time, and that, um, that, uh, in my view, uh, inevitably raises concerns. Oh, I, I think you're absolutely yeah. right about that. Inevitably raises concerns. Can I, I call time out for a second? Nice. Yeah. 
to me, the BS line in there is when he says, I'm not familiar with that report. Yeah. But he may know exactly what you're talking about there, Josh, but he can just say, well, I don't know about the report you're referring to right. talking about the whistleblower. Mm -hmm. And so when you know people later will say, hey, he lied, it's like, no, I said I didn't know about the report. Yeah, right. I knew about the fingerprint stuff. Sure, I knew about that, but I just didn't know about the report. Right, the specific report. You yeah, know, it's slime the, ball. It's the strict letter of the law kind of thing, right? I'm not familiar yes. or I don't recall. Those are the favorite phrases of uh, folks who know what they're doing in the legal arena. Yes. The, there more to that? Just a little bit more, yeah. We've raised okay. concerns, I think, is the, is the nicest thing that could be said about it. In fact, Thank you, we know that the, the basic procedures were not followed. We know that the screening process was not followed. And now we know that potentially hundreds of people connected to terrorism are loose in this country as a result. Hundreds. Yeah. Connected to terrorism. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. This can come back to bite you, and you don't know when. Mm -hmm. It could be in two months. It could be in two years. It could be in seven years. You don't know. Yep. That's why it was so important at the time to say, hold on a second. We don't even know who these people are. That isn't even to mention how many people have come through the southern border in the last two years. No kidding. <laughs> Largest airlift in history, though. Oh, yeah. It's success. <laughs> and people got promoted. Yeah. John Kirby got promoted. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Absolutely insane. Okay, and now, speaking of people coming into the country, the failing New York Times, very angry with Texas. Yeah, very upset because the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has been busing illegal immigrants to Washington, D.C., and the first busload of migrants actually wound up in New York City today. Uh, all right. You know, again, these are sanctuary cities. They should be thrilled because, after all, they know more than the stump-jumping racists in Texas. Absolutely. Right? They know more about compassion. They're enlightened. They see the Statue of Liberty right. all the time. So, I mean, I love this. It's You know what? Here's your opportunity there. Come on, champ. Let's do it. Yes. But instead, the mayor of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser, is whining about it. Uh, the mayor of New York City is saying, hey, we're supposed to be partners in all of this. <laughs> Up yours, man. Uh, the New York Times, though, has this article that is just, it's, it's almost parody. Uh, as they write, a political tactic by the governors of Texas and Arizona to offload the problems caused by record levels of, of migration at the border is beginning to hit home in Washington as hundreds of undocumented migrants arriving on the governor's free bus rides each week increasingly tax the capital's ability to provide emergency food and housing. With no money and no family to receive them, the migrants are overwhelmingly immigrant nonprofits, are overwhelmingly turning to immigrant nonprofits and other volunteer groups, with many ending up in homeless shelters or on park benches. Five buses arrived on a recent day, spilling young men and families with nowhere to go into the streets near the Capitol. Guess what? Your boy Joe Biden has been doing that to communities in Texas and Arizona uh, since he came into office. Absolutely. He caused it. It's like, I'm sorry, but that, that town of 6,000 in South Texas actually doesn't have those resources that major metropolitan areas like D.C. or New York have. No. That's uh, why, honestly, if you don't mind, I'll play this real quick. It was yeah, from a ahead. few weeks ago. It was the mayor of Eagle Pass, Yolanda Ramon, oh, yeah. who had a message for Eric Adams in New York City. Roll it. I would just say, you know, to both of them, without the due respect, 
welcome to our world. You know, they're uh, New York probably has, what, seven, eight million people there. We are a city of 25,000 with our county combined, maybe 50,000 at the most. And we get them by the thousands on a daily basis. Yeah. Crimea River. Yep. Uh, Brienne uh, Nadeau, a council member who has written a letter about this, said, quote, this is a crisis created by Republican leaders in other states. Unfortunately, it's fallen on the mayor to allocate resources locally. No, it's a crisis that's been created and exacerbated by the president of the United States. You're just having to reap what you've sown now. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Speaking of Texas, Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. That dude, the, back in the news, what, is, what nonsense is he spewing now? Uh, yeah, that weird little furry who is uh, running for uh, governor in Texas. Uh, he says, well, he's another Democrat that says parents and lawmakers need to stay out of the classroom because we have no business getting involved in our kids' education, according to Beto. We're the parents. <laughs> Idiot. What if we treated that teacher with the respect that she has earned? that she is owed that we all want to give her. We don't need to tell her. Hold on a second. How do we know she's earned anything? Right. What, because she graduated from college and got a job? I don't know who she is. You ever go to libs of TikTok, Beto? Those people are teachers. <laughs> they don't deserve anything. What version of history she is allowed to teach in a classroom? We don't need to scare the parents of those kids before her something called CRT that I've never heard of before last year. You know, I got to get out more, talk to people. They they really are just continuing to lie about critical race theory. They're saying, well, it's not in the schools. It's an obscure law school thing, except you have educators, you have mayors, you have education associations, teachers groups explicitly naming critical race theory. And how yes. they want to implement that in the schools for equity and whatnot. They just change the meanings of words. That's all they do. Well, it's really not critical race theory. Yes, it is. It's teaching kids that they should identify by the color of their skin. And depending on what color it is, you're an oppressor or you're oppressed. It's garbage. It needs to be taken out. That's why parents are emphatic about this and keeping the trans activists away from their kids. They're trying to protect predators yeah. from coming into their world. That's what they're doing. Most sane people see that for what it is. Wow. Oh, gosh. And Stacey Abrams is in the news again, too? Oh, yeah. Apparently, this is a new talking point that God gave us free will in order to kill unborn babies. We heard Whoopi Goldberg say this the other day, uh, and Democrat Stacey Abrams, running in the Georgia governor's race, was asked how she as a Christian can be in favor of abortion. This is from Yahoo News. Okay. Abortion is a medical decision, but it is also a decision that women make because they are not ready to be mothers. It is a medical decision. And while you're... Well, there's something you can do if you're not ready to be a mom. People have known it for a long, long time, but go ahead. And while your faith tradition may tell you that you personally do not want to make that choice, it is not my right as a Christian to impose that value system on someone else because the value that should overhang everything is the right to make our own decisions, the free will that the God I believe in gave us. So if I want to kill somebody, that's okay. 
Because that's my decision. You're just you're just living your truth. Right. I mean, that's basically what she's saying. So it's not for me to say, you know, how does she phrase that? That value system on someone else. Because that value system. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, I got some friends. They just haven't had sex in a while. I think they should be able to rape women. At will. That's my value system, Stacey. How's that? That's, that's not acceptable. The value that should overhang everything. What? No. No, it's not. Pose that value system on someone else. You just can't put your value system on someone else. Mm -hmm. Oh, you mean there are some things that we all agree on, that murder is bad and rape is bad. Okay? And you're not supposed to be able to give your opinion that you thinking that you think killing the unborn is horrific? Why? Do you want to talk about second trimester, third trimester, and polling? And these people, dude... It's sad to me, seriously, that I she's telling people I'm a Christian person. Yes, absolutely. God gave us the right to make that choice to kill a baby. Are you freaking kidding me? Who is going to call her out on that from her community? I hope somebody steps no, up. No. Nobody. You got to you got to speak truth. Oh, no. We don't want to hurt any feelings. Well, if anything, they're mad at her for saying that she's a Christian. Yeah, that could be too. But there, there are certain people that can get away with it. They're not questioned. Mm -hmm. By the way, if you're white, that's bad. Mm -hmm. Because you got Warnock in Georgia. He's also a Christian, correct? Uh, he's a pastor, I'm told. Right, yeah. Give me a break. Ran over his wife's foot. It was the loving thing to do in that <laughs> moment. God gave him free will to abuse his wife. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? You know what? This is completely off topic. Um, but a different story. We can get to this in a few. Who makes a movie that costs $90 million? It's done. They show it to people. People don't like it. And instead of rewriting it or trying to fix it, they say, now nah, we're scrapping the entire thing. <laughs> Golly. How bad can it be? How does that happen? <laughs> that was That's the Batgirl movie. So we'll get to that story. And Snickers had to apologize. Why? No, they didn't suggest Taiwan as a country, did they? You can't do that. We'll get to it all coming up right here. This is Joe Reinagle celebrating 100 years of service. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on a well-deserved vacation. Um, national health emergency, you know, monkeypox. And well, identifies as a monkey woman, too. Um, I still don't quite understand the national health emergency. It affects so few people. We still don't talk about opioids. And how many deaths, but that's where we're at right now. And still trying to figure out, do we need theme music when we give you updates? I'm not sure. There's a few things out there. I think I like the Skid Row. Because, hey, if we're just here to congregate and you're getting close to touching, I might just want to say, get back. 
It okay. Is. Skid Row does encourage social distancing in a time of monkeypox. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Get back, please. Meanwhile, Snickers has to apologize. Yeah. Well, the uh, the maker of Snickers, uh, Mars Wrigley, had to apologize for a Snickers product launch, which Chinese social media users said suggested that Taiwan was a country. <gasps> oh, oh, can't oh, do that. No. Videos and pictures of an event promoting a limited edi- uh, limited edition Snickers addiction? bar. What is that? <laughs> well, I have an I have an addiction to Snickers. I thought you said something else. <laughs> <It's> not- <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag we're all in this together. <laughs> Correct. That was the problem to begin with. <laughs> yeah, see? Um, anyway. no, there was a limited edition Snickers bar that mm-hmm. was said to be only available in the countries of South Korea, Malaysia, and Taiwan. That went viral on Chinese social media. And so they had to publish an apology, and they said, well, that, that content has been edited now. Because, you know, China sees Taiwan as a rogue province, not its own country, and they get very prickly when it comes to... Anybody who acknowledges the fact that Taiwan is a country. Yes. I mean, I guess we should all take that lesson. I'm joking when I say that, of course, of John Cena, you know, who offended China. Remember when the Fast and Furious movie was coming out? He said something to the extent of, well, the first place it's going to be shown is Taiwan, the country of Taiwan. What? You can't say that. Yeah. So then he had to go and not just apologize, but then apologize in Chinese, like on his knees, this, you know, heroic figure from America. It was yeah. disgusting. And what did that mean? So, so, so Something sorry. Like or very, very, sorry, very sorry. sorry. Yeah. You say a performance like that is also... What puts you at a higher risk of getting monkeypox? <laughs> <laughs> yes, get back. Get yes. back and yeah. Han, 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 uh, he is an actor, I guess, so you mm-hmm. have that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And the biggest story today, David, if you had to pick one. Man, if I had to pick one, uh, it would be... Honestly, it would be... We don't know how many terrorists are actually in the country right now um, because we let in potentially hundreds of them during the chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal. And it's only a year later that we're hearing this being confirmed uh, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Yeah. What did legacy media show us at the time? It wasn't the entire story. It was usually women and children fearing for their lives. And you have a heart for those people, of yeah. course. But at the same time, you have to protect the country. And there has to be a vetting process. They just screwed it up. All right. More on that. And who is on the top 10 domestic terror list? Next.
This is Nora O'Donnell from CBS News. Congratulations to KTSA on 100 years of service to my hometown of San Antonio and South Texas. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. There's the millennial David Van Camp and the sexy Boomer. On a nice vacation, that's Mr. Scott Robbins. Okay. Oh, real quick. I mentioned that Bad Girl movie. They shelved it. Warner Brothers, $90 million. People in the industry can't figure it out. Completely shocked by it. Yeah. And I'll just leave it at this. Spokesperson said, The decision to not release Bad Girl reflects our leadership's strategic shift as it relates to the DC Universe and HBO Max. Well, that doesn't say anything. You mean you ran it past a bunch of people, showed it to them, in a test market, they hated it that much? That they're like, there's no saving it? You know, here here's my theory on this. And I, I almost feel like this is guerrilla marketing. Now, I could be wrong about it. So you spend $90 million developing this Batgirl movie. You mm-hmm. test it out. People hate it. They ha- It's almost irredeemable. You realize you've already spent $90 million on it. If you're going to have any chance of making it somewhat watchable, you're going to have to pour millions more into it. You know that you're going to be a laughingstock if you release this on HBO Max or any other streaming platform because nobody's going to sign up for a new subscription to watch this terrible movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to make your money. However... If you make this big industry bombshell move, you've already turned it into a cult classic. And so you sit on it for a few months. You let somebody put out a petition, release the Batgirl movie or whatever. And then you maybe you offer it online. You can rent it for $2 or something like that. You're going to get way more eyeballs on this movie than you ever would on its own if you just released this hunk of crap. It's a great take, because I would have no use in seeing it, to be honest. Right. But now the question in my mind is, how bad could it be? Right. And I just figured, well, they probably made it so woke that people are like, no, this is ridiculous. But we really don't know. Mm -hmm. And it may be all of those things, but if you create that mystique, right, you can't see it because it's too bad or whatever. We we already saw that with the, uh, oh, what was it, the Zack Snyder cut of one of these DC movies, they people demanded to see it, and they made a pile of cash off of it. Yeah, that's probably true. I know that's not the biggest story of the day. I'd mentioned it earlier. Hadn't gotten to it yet, so I wanted to knock that out. Um, oh, we have fresh audio to play. The president yeah. speaking today? Yeah, the president uh, spoke because there was, I mean, legitimately, a, a really good jobs report that came out. Again, I don't know how much it matters when inflation's running at almost 10%. I, I don't know how much that matters. Um, and when people's wages aren't keeping up with the pace of inflation, again, good job. I'm glad we're not losing jobs. That's good. But well, It's also odd because through this entire period, we've had a ton of employers saying, I can't find people to work. Right. That's still an issue. Yeah. Uh, well, he spoke a little bit today because uh, he really wants uh, Congress to pass this you know, Build Back Broke plan this other almost seven hundred trillion or seven hundred trillion seven hundred billion dollar uh, uh, plan, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, 
Um, that makes inflation worse. That, that, yeah, that doesn't actually do anything to help inflation. Uh, and he tried to say that there were a lot of economists, yeah, you could say seven Nobel laureates, who are okay. on board with this plan. Uh, this is how it came out, though. Okay. Seven Nobel laureates in, eco- in, in the economy, uh, on the economists, and the economics, I should say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, when you got a hold of this audio, because this was just a little while ago, yeah. I had read somewhere where his numbers are in the tank, yeah. right? But they have crept up a little bit in the last week to two weeks. And I thought to myself, honestly, this is like when he was on the campaign trail. Yep. The more he lays low and can't get out there in front of people, he, his numbers usually do better. But then he goes out and reminds people that, well, he's senile. Right. I mean, honestly, getting COVID is the best thing that ever happened to his approval rating. Yes. It, it and just having COVID around in 2020 <laughs> helped him win. Yeah. Um, but then he also did talk about uh, what he wants to do, I guess, uh, to help people who are struggling right now. Because, again, the jobs report is great, but it doesn't mean a whole lot to people who are struggling, and that's a lot of Americans right now. Yes. You know, I know most families are focused on just putting three meals on the table, taking care of their kids and paying their bills. Helping you do that is my job. That's a president's job as well. I have one more job. Wait, isn't... He's the president, right? He is the president. It's my, it's my job. It's also the president's job. Dude, that's twice in like three days. He's referred to himself as the vice president again. <laughs> he just did it. <laughs> I'm not joking. Where did I see it? I think I saw it on Tucker's show last night. He had it where he's like, as the vice president. Like, no, dude, you're the president. <laughs> and then he did it again. Helping you do that is my job. That's a president's job as well. Okay. I have one more job. Okay, who is that? <laughs> who is the president? Let us know who that guy is. Oh, dear goodness, man. <laughs> That's unreal. Okay. Other things to get to. All right, I got to hear the clip from Ron DeSantis because he did something that so many people are excited about because we've had these DAs across the country not enforce the law. In so many big cities run by leftists, law and order has gone out the window. Oh, yeah. And so to see somebody sticking up for law and order somewhere gives people hope. Yeah. Like, yes, this is how you do it. Yeah, DeSantis uh, suspended a state prosecutor by the name of Andrew Warren because uh, Andrew Warren said he wouldn't enforce the law when it came to abortion, when it comes to certain crimes. There's a presumptive do not prosecute list, which is not how this works. Um, and there, you know, he's just another one of these far left nut jobs backed by billionaire George Soros. Now I know every time you say that, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. And one of the greatest tricks is any criticism of George Soros and who he props up. Apparently, if you criticize him, that's anti-Semitic. That's full of crap. Of course it is. Everybody knows that. Uh, Governor DeSantis was on Tucker Carlson's show last night and talked about what the Soros-backed prosecutors are doing all over the country, and I think he put it in a really succinct way. I do, too. Here's what, what Soros is doing. It's actually smart on his part. They can't get these things enacted in a legislature where you're just going right. to let criminal 
runs run. So what they do, he will get involved in these Democrat primaries in a Democrat area. He'll flush a million dollars to get the radical to win the primary. Then they usually win the general because of the party affiliation difference in the jurisdiction. So then you get him in there. And what they do is they want to change the criminal justice system through non-enforcement. So it's a total end run around our constitutional system. The results uh, obviously have been destructive around the country, uh, but it also really undermines the idea that ours is supposed to be a government of laws, not a government of individual men. Yes, man. Not radical at all. It's going to be very difficult for legacy media and the left to paint him as some sort of evil governor. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people see through it. And I loved it. We mentioned it earlier in the week, what he did with The View and his staff when they wanted the interview. Knew it was going to be a hit job. Just, no. We know what you're about. We know what you would want to do. We're not going to do that. There's another story. Private school in Connecticut appearing to exclude white families from this annual event. They put out this letter. Greenwich uh, uh, Country Day School sent a letter School families, which they highlighted an annual cider and donuts event mm, in the fall. Mm. That's good stuff. They uh, said the event aims at supporting families interested in celebrating and nurturing a diverse and inclusive school community. Okay. Letter said the cider and donuts event planned in October is open to GCDS families, you know, the school district there, who identify as black, Asian, Latinx, Multiracial, indigenous, Middle Eastern, and or people of color. <laughs> so, so, so they just said no whites. Well, they didn't say that. It was just saying it by omission. <laughs> so the Greenwich Republicans tweeted, hey, you listed nearly every group but white people. Was that on purpose? Is that how you bring people together? Um... Now, the Greenwich Democratic Party defended this Cider and Donuts event, saying they recognize the importance of celebrating racial diversity in schools. Okay, the party said they condemn um, the Republicans' out-of-touch remarks. Well, but, it seems like you're omitting someone. Right. It's, it's, it's not actually a diverse open event if you are actively excluding somebody based on their skin color. Well, white people, they don't count. Although they do say that more and more Latinxes and uh, Asians are white. Remember, anytime they have a conservative thought, it's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Latinos, they're, well, they don't, I guess you don't get, if you're a conservative Latino, you don't get the Latinx honorific, right? Isn't that how it works? Yes. You're just, I think so. you're just Latino or Hispanic. If right. you're conservative, and and you're also not a person of color, you're white. That's yes. according to the media. That's according to the woke activists and the Democratic Party. Yeah, like with Asian Americans, we know because of the work ethic, stereotypical great grades, getting into you know great schools, mm-hmm. you got to limit the number of those people and just call them white because they're acting quote white. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> just absolutely insane did you see what is it the dictionary merriam-webster is redefining words and one of the best that i seen was folks that's f-o-l-x 
to include everyone when you say folks. Put it with an X. F-O-L-X. Oh, yeah, yeah I've, I've seen that. You've seen that before? Yeah, I have. Okay. It's dumb. Yeah, changing, you know, uh, folks, uh, drag king, um, gender fluid, gentrification, um, headscarf, you know, just different sorts of definitions now. And you probably knew this, David. I had, honestly, I didn't know it. Homosexual is now uh, disparaging and offensive. Why? You use different terminology. Oh. Well, what are you supposed to use? You know what? I am not sure, but I think it is... I'm not joking when I say this, okay? I think it's men who have sex with men. And I and uh, the reason I say that is because that's how it was framed on the Today Show. Right. Yeah. I, as I was watching the coverage of them talking about monkeypox, usually you would say it mostly affects homosexual men. Yeah. You know, or gay men. But they were saying men who have sex with men. And I'm like, wh- why? And then I saw this piece that is saying now sometimes disparaging and offensive the word homosexual. You want... I'll, I'll get that clip from the Today Show, and maybe that's the whole deal with that, is they're changing the meanings of all these words. Like, don't say junkie anymore. That's disparaging and offensive to a drug addict. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it goes on and on. It's an insane world. That a news update straight, uh, straight ahead. This is Aaron Katursky, ABC News. Congratulations to KTSA on 100 years of service to San Antonio and South Texas. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation. We were just talking about the Merriam-Webster Dictionary redefining words. And, yeah, it's to fit a leftist agenda. You know, a few examples out there um, that we were talking about. Like male now went from a man or a boy to having a gender identity that is the opposite of female. Well, then what is female? Right. It begs the question. Or maiden name is now not simply the surname of a woman before she marries, but in a notable example of, well, the dictionary just being grammatically incorrect, the surname prior to marriage of a person who takes their spouse's last name. (laughs) but the one that i saw was homosexual is now sometimes disparaging and offensive and all of a sudden it dawned on me is that why savannah guthrie on the today show earlier today talking about monkeypox with dr ja um didn't say gay men or homosexual men, but she phrased it, it sounded weird to me. Yeah, I, I was going to mention that the, the federal health authorities are saying that this is primarily affecting this population of men who have sex with other men. How concerned are you that it could spread into the wider population? And what is your message to that community this morning? Okay, it's a minute of McGurkin. Here's what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working with the community. Uh, we want them to know we support blah, blah, blah. vaccines, whatever, and if it's the public, you shouldn't worry, it's 98%. 
of just that community. Yeah. So there's really no fear. But keep an eye on it, that sort of thing. Now, back to the definition. You're saying this is a thing now that oh, yeah, people in the media will stop using the word homosexual. Yeah, they, they must be really afraid of Ron DeSantis because the media won't say gay. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that the majority of people who have it in this country are, are men who have sex with other men. Mm-hmm. Uh, men who have sex with men. Male-to-male sexual contact. Men who have sex with men. Male-to-male sexual contact. Men who have sex with men. Men who have sex with men. Men who have sex with men. Men who have sex with other men. Okay, you just got this. I didn't know this. Yeah. Wow. Men who have sex with men. Men who have sex with men. Men who have sex with men. Men who've had sex with men. Men who have sex with men. Men who have sex with men. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, and then, of course, there is the one that we heard from Scott Robbins. Man, you have sex with me. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he may have been quoting someone else, but it's fun to take things out of context. <laughs> well, and now I want to tell you what we're doing for our countdown today, the Friday Five. That's not actually related to what we just talked about. No, it's not. No, it's not. We were having the conversation yesterday of just people's names that got ruined by pop culture one way or another, okay, including a lot of guys' names. You know, Richard, that name got ruined over time because it became known as something else. We've done songs before for a countdown of the greatest songs of all time with a woman's name. We had never done songs with a dude's name in the title. The greatest songs of all time. And there are some great songs. Like our top five is, it's like one great song after another. You know the Friday Five, if you want to get in early, number is 210-619-2053. And we'll kick it off next. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on special assignment. Not really. He's on vacation. Yay! Yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) And he's missing out today because our Friday Five is something I think he would really like. You know we always kick off the Five just like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Yes, the Friday Five, when we take a little break from news, do a countdown, have some fun on a Friday. It's festive. And today, because we have done female names before, we're doing songs with a dude's name in the title. We just seen a piece yesterday about how many different names had been destroyed because of some particular person or something referenced in pop culture. Yeah. We're like, wow, we've never did we've never done guys' names before. And Robbins is on his trip with his buddies to baseball games. They stay at the Itchy Inn, as cheap as they could be. And 
you also said, David, well, it's a, it's a lot of dudes on a trip, so that kind of goes with there the theme go. since Scott's not here. Yay! Right. <laughs> so what a great list, and I couldn't help but think, man, Robbins loves all these songs in the top five. Oh, yeah. And more on that in a little bit. But again, uh, I'll give you the number, and that is 210-619-2053. Who's up first? Uh, let's talk to John in Connecticut. Hey, John. Good afternoon from Connecticut. And John, I gotta, thanks for checking oh, in. I got, my pleasure. i got to opine on the Greenwich Country Day School issue. Greenwich is about 80% white as far as the last census is concerned. So if they're excluding that demographic, they're going to have a lot of space at the bar. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. <laughs> but wow. John Saki did go there. So there is that. Oh, wow. She's a good Greenwich information. Greenwich right. I try to do my part on behalf of Deep Blue Connecticut. Anyway, speaking of names that have been destroyed, how about Joe, as in Hey Joe, by Jimi Hendrix? Yes, an all-time classic. Yeah, different times, classic rock stations would have to stop playing it. Mm-hmm. For different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. That was an iconic Hendrix song. That's a test of timer, too. Yeah. It but is. just outside the top five, I mean, once you hear the top five, it's hard to argue with anything in there. Yeah, it really is. Because as far as iconic status and test of time, two of the three criteria we use, mm-hmm. like everything in the top five is like a nine or a 10 for both. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it was really hard to whittle down the list because there are so many songs with. A dude's name in the title, you know, sometimes we have a massive list like this that we have to condense. So it's like we pick our individual top five and then mm-hmm. seven honorable mentions, and a lot gets missed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. But all right, let's uh, talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mary. You're always coming in okay. doing well. What do you got today? Well, I thought of a few, but I guess I'm going with. Hey Jude by the Beatles. Good call. Number four. Iconic status. It's a 10. Yeah. Test of time 10. Yep. So are you saying personal like is where this got knocked to four? I, I think it was your personal like because you had it pretty far down the list. Yeah, honestly, of the top five, as far as how much I like the song, this is fifth out of the top five. It actually did. The personal like got it down to three for me because numbers one and two, I would absolutely reach for. I love the song Hey Jude, but I would absolutely reach for what wound up at numbers one and two any day of the week over Hey Jude. Okay, would Hey Jude be higher on your list if it was a shorter song without the refrain going on forever? (laughs) Just asking. Yeah, probably yes. I think a lot of people would say that. All right, who's next? Uh, Let's talk to Joey in Scranton, PA. Hey, uh, (coughs) it's your boy, it's your boy Joey here. It's your boy Joey here from uh, from Scranton, Pennsylvania. It's uh, it's the vice president of of the United States of America. Thanks, Joey. Hey, how you doing, man? You've had COVID for like 15 days. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've had COVID uh, 
had COVID a lot, but because I got vaccinated and boosted 15 times, uh, I feel great. Uh, like I haven't felt better. I've actually never felt better. Uh, I feel like Hunter on, a, on the end of a bender here. Uh, anyway. Good to hear. So the uh, song is a great one. It's uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash by the Rolling Stones, the things I have Ye- in my head. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> That's the timer. And I really like that song. So you were in a lot of cover bands, David. Yeah. Any of your bands do this? Uh, or just yeah, Robert Dunn. Yeah, I think we, I think we probably played it. You got to cover this at some point, don't they? Yeah, you're so doing much fun, you, like doing a house party or something like that. And yeah. It's not one of those things that you rehearse, but everybody knows the song, so you can yes. just do it. Yeah, and it, not that complicated of a song to play. So, and it's fun. Everybody has fun with that song. The ones not complicated to play; those are my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> At least when I'm playing. Yeah. Anyway, but yes, that that could have easily been one. It was close. So we got the greatest songs of all time with a guy's name in the title. So two is the Stones, Beatles at four, and back to it. Uh, let's talk to Dave in Grant's Pass. Hey, Dave. Hey guys, how's it going? Great, Dave. What you think? Good. Hey, how about a boy named Sue by, you know the man. Absolutely. Well, my daddy left home when I was three, and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and that hid, but the meanest barely thing missed that my he top ever five. did was before he left, yeah. he went and named me Sue. If you haven't heard this song in a while, but I mean by well, I mean like a few months, and then you hear it, yeah. how do you not smile? It, it's, a, it's a fun song. It is. Written by one Shel Silverstein. Yes. Also did a lot of songs like I Got Stoned and I Missed It, Sylvia's Mother, uh, yes. I'm My Own Grandpa. That was another one that he did. And I didn't know that until you told me that yesterday. David getting behind the music. Now on with the countdown. Now on with the countdown. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. Today I wrote a limerick. Okay. Every, Every day I listen to your show. It makes me smile. I like your flair and I like your style. But when it comes to monkeypox, perhaps our leaders should think outside the box and follow David's advice to simply not jump into the pile. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Woody. Uh, my, my song, Jim Croce, Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. Oh, man. You know what? Uh, he could have made this twice. Bad, bad, bad Leroy Brown. I love all that stuff. Yeah. My parents listened to Jim Croce so much when I was a little kid. And the other one that uh, could have made it. That's right. And those songs just sound good, especially like yes. you're on the, you're on the drive home from work on a Friday or something, and that song comes on the radio. You're not turning it down. You're not turning it off. You're gonna roll no. down the windows and smile. Yeah, it's fun, no doubt about it. All right, 
Best songs of all time with a dude's name in the title. Who's next? Uh, Corey in Portland. Hey, Corey. Happy Dog Days, Eat Hot August Summer Boys. Corey! Surviving the heat, bro. Thanks for checking in. Always good to hear from you. Bringing the energy. You're going to get number one, aren't you? I think I'm going for number one. The line itself, since it was written by one of the greatest, that's the oxymoron to a drummer that writes all the lyrics. His mind is not for rent by any god or government. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean, right. Rush, Tom Sawyer. And a great weekend for you. Number one. Seriously, that moment, I personal stereoed the clip a little bit because that moment when they come back from the weird little musical interlude, that's uh-huh. like one of my top five favorite moments of rock and roll. And I'm not even a Rush fan. No, that's the thing, man. Um, it It's so awesome. Yeah. And yes, I think it's because, again, iconic, test of time. We both love that song. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, the biggest Rush fan on the show. Yay! <laughs> Scott Robbie's not here. You know, we didn't even plan it that way. He's going to think you did it on purpose. No, we just came up with this idea yesterday, I promise you, and that's how it ended up. There's a little behind-the-scenes factoid here about Tom Sawyer. Also, one of the reasons why I love the song is with my son, the way that I would be able to get him to burp after feeding was mimicking that drum beat. Wow. So with, with my daughter, with baby Chuck, it was the intro to uh, 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 Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin. Doing that. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. She always burped after that. With this one, with, with my son, it was this drum part. You Number one. She just beat him on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got scoliosis now, but, <laughs> but he doesn't have gas. Man, get drumsticks in that kid's hand. He's probably born for it, dude. That would be awesome. All right. Greatest songs of all time with a dude's name in the title. That's our Friday Five. We'll wrap it up in just a few right here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. We do have a news update to get to in the next 15 minutes. A lot of stuff going on today. But we got to finish up our Friday Five, which is songs with a dude's name in the title, the greatest of all time. And at number one, Tom Sawyer from Rush. Robin's not here to celebrate. We didn't plan it that way, I promise. Number two, Jumpin' Jack Flash from the Stones. Hey Jude at number four from the Beatles. And we've had some great honorable mentions from Jim Croce, uh, Johnny Cash, and others. And back to it, David. Uh, Let's talk to Mary in Panama City Beach. Hey, Mary. The greatest of all time. Hang on, I'm here. Oh, hey. I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Am I still coming up? Yes. Yeah. You're on. 
What song oh, you got? Come on Mary? now. Yes. Hey guys, <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I lost the connection. My phone made a funny noise. I'm like, oh no, did I drop off? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're, you're good. good. Sorry. Thanks for checking in. Sorry about that. Okay, well. Um, my brother and I look forward to this every Friday, by the way. We're, we text back and forth and try to guess all the songs. He's up in Atlanta. So shout out to my brother, Frank, in Atlanta. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thanks for listening, Thank Frank. Thank you. Yeah. So my first choice uh, was Taken, which uh, made number one. So I agree. An all-time favorite, Tom Sawyer. Nice. But um, I think this one should meet all your criteria. A little ditty. By Jack and Diane, about Jack and Diane. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Good call. Number three. Oh, yeah. Life goes on. Long after the thrill of living is gone. So, one of the fun things about doing the show together is talking about music, especially later on Thursdays as we're putting this together. And we talked about John Mellencamp for a long time yesterday. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is about John Mellencamp is a lot of the songs that he does, they sound very, very simple. They sound really easy, like anyone could do it. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of people can do that. I mean, he has a gift. He has a real gift for storytelling, for melody weaving, for composition of just what a what a band should sound like. He's good at that. Yes, he is. And man, that run he had from like 81 through 89... That's a great body of work. Yeah. That's one of the biggest right there. Good call. Okay, out of the top five, we're only missing number five. Who's next? Uh, Let's talk to Donnie in Vancouver. Hey, Donnie. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, Donnie. Thanks for checking in. What you thinking? Let's go go with the father of rock and roll, Mr. Chuck Berry and Johnny B. Good. Yes, sir. Unfortunately, because of time restraints, no time to play the Judas Priest version. Ah, oh, darn. <laughs> okay, get time for another one? Uh, yes, we do. Let's talk to Johnny in Salina, Kansas. Hey, Johnny. Oh, happy Friday, brothers. <laughs> Johnny, always hey, love to hear from me, bro. Oh, I love hearing from you guys. I just, I dig it so much, man. You make my Friday every week, I swear. But yeah, you know, I've been kind of out of the news lately. Been working a lot, you know, keeping it down. Running to the cream of the crop, you know, whatever. That doesn't make sense, but who cares, man? Who cares? But you know, <laughs> I, sounds good. I've been thinking yeah. a lot about Joe, Joe Biden falling on his face and on the bike and on the stairs. Thinking about how, you know, I've, I've fallen on my face a few times. I've been hitting the head with tables and whatnot. You know, I remember once I got hit so hard with the table in the face, man. It was the, the hardest wood I've ever touched, I swear to God. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I know you're pressed at times, so I'm just going to tell you right now we're going with Elton John, man, and Daniel. Oh, yeah. Daniel, my brother, you are Real quick, so we got to get to number five. Um, I have a recording of my brother doing this song from like 1975 when we first got a tape recorder. I know, I have to find the audio. It'd be incredible blackmail. <laughs> I gotta find it. Have to find that. Uh, the one that we missed was number five because it was a huge hit in the test of timer. Number five. No, I wish that I had just seen the girl. I wish that I had 
not one that I would reach for, but when it comes on, it's fun. It's yeah, it, it's fine. It's a good time. So that's an excellent Friday Five. Rush, Stones, Mellencamp, Beatles, Springfield. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And biggest story of the day, David. Well, I know the media is going to be uh, going all in on the jobs report, which was, on the surface, a very good jobs report, beating expectations by about uh, double. So when you dig into the numbers, though, it is not nearly as rosy a picture as you would hope it would be. And again, when inflation is running at about 10%, I'm not really sure whether or not that number even really matters. But the number of folks who are leaving full-time employment and going part-time, and that's getting counted in this jobs report, mm. it's really concerning long-term. Okay, got to get to that. We have potential terrorists in the country because we let them in and didn't vet them properly. There's a lot happening. We'll get to it all coming up right here. Jamie Markley here, the Gen Xer. That's David Van Camp. He's the millennial and the sexy boomer. Scott Robbins at the Itchy Inn. He's on vacation, hitting some ball games and having a lot of fun. He'll be back uh, next week. So no trifecta today, but we got a lot to cover. Um, Jobs report you mentioned, David. Um, It it looks good, but what does it mean for your average American? Well, not not a lot, uh, unfortunately. and I hate to say that, I really do, because it does, when, when, when you get, you know, 500 and change, thousand jobs added to the economy, you think, wow, that's a really good sign. Except when you're also dealing with inflation that is massively outpacing, outpacing, I should say, any wage growth. And then you look into the household survey data. It's not a rosy picture. No. Um, in fact, in a historical, uh, there's a historical stat buried within this where there's a massive split between the number of full-time workers and the number of part-time and multiple job holders where that is diverging in a historic manner uh, fewer people full-time working more people part-time working a lot of that could be gig economy a lot of that mm-hmm. could be uh, you know people trying to go into business for themselves or just having a bunch of part-time jobs uh, as opposed to getting one full-time job. But what does that mean for work benefits, things like that? I mean, overall, even if you can make more money doing multiple jobs, long-term, that's not a stable thing for the economy as a whole. No. And I mean, listen, <laughs> I don't want to be one to be like griping and moaning about everything. It's like in the grand scheme of life, I feel very blessed. You know, and have a family. If you're just talking, though, about your monthly budget, and what has happened, okay? And it depends on what season of life you're in. But you have kids you're running all over the place. You the gas prices, you've seen it in your budget, go through the roof. Yeah. The food prices. And I just so happened to have a couple of kids that have really decided to pack on more muscle and get stronger and want protein and tons of it. <laughs> That's not cheap. They're driving everywhere. You know, you're like, holy smokes, man, the food, the grocery bill compared to, say, you know, 
2019, it's nowhere near. And the gas is in crazy. That affects people oh, yeah, all does. over the place. And so then, you know, switching gears to this other story about the inflation reduction bill. Like, oh, yeah, that's what we're doing, Democrats, right now, just trying to make it easier for the American people. It's about green energy, more than half of it. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't actually reduce inflation. And what it does do is also supersize the IRS, which means that more middle and lower income Americans are going to get audited in the next few years. Yeah. Which costs money, which costs time. I'm not going to be pretending to be an expert in that field, but Larry Kudlow is, economist, former White House advisor. This is what he said about it. The idea that it's inflation reduction is something out of George Orwell. It's not. By the way, the CBO came out with a preliminary scorecard, just preliminary stuff. But actually, the deficit gets worse for the next four years until it gets better after that. But the getting better is full of gimmicks, so I don't believe a word of it. And anybody who thinks more federal spending is not inflationary or all these tax hikes as you say they're middle class tax hikes i agree with that pretty much across the board tax hike the business tax hikes sean are going to be brutal and will have a bad impact on real wages and uh, typical family incomes yeah yeah well i was good talking to sean hannity yes yeah, yeah and one of the ways that it's full of gimmicks when they talk about uh, it reducing the deficit in the long term is that they are counting on recouping a trillion dollars in taxes from the wealthy. That that's what they're counting on. They're they're guessing that in a few years they're going to be able to recoup money that wealthy Americans uh, harbor or you know in safe bank accounts or they otherwise find loopholes in the tax code to do because we all know that after this bill passes. Uh, wealthy people will no longer find tax loopholes. Okay, <laughs> this bill's going to put in best tax people. <laughs> I mean, come on, to figure it out. Right. Goodness gracious! We also found out, you know, very recently. Hey, we've got a bunch of people in the country that were known terrorists. Mm-hmm. How did this happen? And this was a Q and A yesterday with Christopher Ray. You have the clip, or maybe I have the clip, but this is very concerning because we're on the year anniversary of the debacle of leaving Afghanistan. Okay? Yeah. And you remember how the administration tried to spin that greatest airlift in history. I think we did a fine job. It was an absolute embarrassing debacle. <laughs> yeah. 13 service members killed? It, it was disgusting what yeah. happened. And we left Americans there. And now you come to find out we had to bring people from Afghanistan. We didn't have time to properly vet them. Yeah. So we have people on the terror watch list that are now in the country. We don't know where they are. Uh, yeah, that's about that's about the state of play right now. We have no idea. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri was asking the FBI director, Christopher Ray about this. Because there's a whistleblower report that says that, yeah, there could be, I don't know, 300 or so. Uh, folks from Afghanistan who got flown in here because of that chaotic, largest airlifted history, if that's what you want to call it, from a year ago in Afghanistan. Here's the uh, question and answer. Whistleblower has also alleged that political appointees of the National Security Council 
and at DOD instructed agency personnel to cut corners when they were processing Afghan evacuees. And rather than administer fingerprint, uh, fingerprint tests on all 10 fingers, for instance, to abbreviate those tests in order to promote rushed evacuation, they also alleged that personnel at DHS who worked on vetting Afghan refugees had been authorized to delete old biometric data whenever they personally want to. Obviously, these are very troubling allegations. Are you aware of this behavior at DHS and DOD? Uh, I'm not familiar with the report that you're referring to. Uh, I will say that um, this was a massive number of people to be vetting in an extraordinarily <laughs> short period of time, and that, um, that uh, in my view, uh, inevitably raises concerns. Oh, I, I think you're absolutely yeah. right about that. Inevitably you, raises Senator. concerns, I think, is the, is the nicest thing that could be said about it. In fact, Why is that the American people's fault? Because you right. sucked at planning. Right. And, and with the FBI, the FBI didn't have a, I mean, they didn't have a crucial role in this resettlement. You have a lot of people in the, in the executive branch, in the State Department, in the DOD that would have had a bigger role in this. Uh, and it's it, it's no surprise if they were saying, okay, we got to process these people. We got to just try to get people out as quickly as possible. But if you ask questions at the time saying, why do they have to come here? You got lectured to by a bunch of liberals about xenophobia. Yeah, xenophobia. <laughs> and you know, Jesus was a refugee. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Thank goodness for the whistleblowers in the FBI. Seriously. Yeah. We also found out, well, they knew the whole Hunter Biden laptop thing was for real. They lied about it. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that will come out at some point in time. Now, you have a clip or two of Jamie Raskin. This guy again, what's he doing? Oh, yeah. Well, the House of Representatives has passed this so-called assault weapons ban, although it's probably not going to go anywhere because there's virtually no way the Senate passes it. I don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, but some liberals are still pushing it and claiming that Republicans don't know anything about guns. <laughs> uh, this is Democrat Jamie Raskin on the Speaking Freely podcast. Okay. What we're getting from our colleagues across the aisle is just repetition of dogmas about the Second Amendment that are refuted um, by the text of the Constitution. They get up and they say, you know, Raskin just wants to repeal the Second Amendment. I don't want them to repeal the Second Amendment. I want them to read the Second Amendment. The NRA thrives off of the dogma that you, they can't allow one bit of regulation, no matter how reasonable. Otherwise, you know, everybody's guns are going to be confiscated. It's absolute BS and nonsense. Okay. This is the same thing with these people every time. Yep. No specifics. Just talking points. That's it. What are you talking about? What specifically, Raskin, are you talking about? Yeah. And they don't give well, it to you. Well, in the language of the bill that they ultimately passed suggests that they were paving the way to also ban most semi-automatic handguns. See, we've talked about and, this. And here's That's the thing. That's not going to fly. When he says BS, it's not BS. They literally want mass gun confiscation, and Democrat Jerry Nadler admitted that. Remember this committee hearing a few weeks ago? He was asked if the gun bill in question would ban, gun, ban guns, quote, in common use. And that's important verbiage because the Supreme Court actually said that private ownership of guns that are in common use is protected by the Second Amendment. Right. Roll it. That's the point of the bill. So, so you mean you, so to clarify, Mr. Chairman, you're saying it is the point of the bill to ban weapons that are in common use in the United States today? Yes. The problem uh, is. Mr. Chairman, we yield. 
That's every time they say weapons of war. Yep. I always ask the question, what are you, what are you talking about? Are you talking about any semi-automatic? Because if you are, people are are you crazy? No. No. Uh, I I think it's it's really interesting because the two things that the Democrats have always felt like they have a winning argument with have been abortion and guns, and they have not realized how much people have changed on both of those issues. Now, you know, as you've pointed out plenty of times, you're talking about first trimester legalized abortions. Most Americans, it's not even close. Whether you like this or not, it's not even close. Most Americans think it should be legal in the first trimester. Once you start talking second and third, whole buddy are Democrats on the wrong side. Absolutely. And now when you've had, what is it, 37 or 38 straight months of record or near record gun sales because of that summer of love and the pandemic. More females than ever. You are now underwater, actually, when it comes to an assault weapons ban. Yes. Because more and more people have bought guns, more and more people have been going to gun stores and realizing, wait a minute, these aren't these stump-jumping rednecks. Wow, they're actually intelligent people who work in this industry. <laughs> How do you... I didn't realize that. Yeah. There's a when whole lot of people. actually get out of their bubble yep. and hang with regular people, see the world a little bit different. And if you come after handguns, oh, buddy. That- oh, uh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, saw this real quick. Lighter note. Well, maybe it's not a lighter note. It's kids who play sports, they say, end up with more grit as adults. Do you believe that to be true? Uh, Yeah, I do. Yeah. This is a new study out. Researchers said they polled thousands of people in America and asked them to rate how gritty they think they are. You know, going by different statements, like, I never give up, or I'm a hard worker, or I'm diligent. And it turned out, what they found out, people who played youth sports were more likely to agree with statements like that. I can see that. Yeah. Well, because it's hard. I mean, learning how to play a sport takes dedication. It takes practice. It takes time. And a lot of times, those efforts are not fun. I mean... I, no. I just noticed, you know, it's that time of year in my neighborhood. There are a lot of kids who go to a local high school, and the the football players are doing two-a-days now. It's flipping that Texas hot. Heat. It is hot outside. Yeah. Okay, you're talking mm-hmm. triple digits and whatnot. Um, and I saw these guys that are walking to their mom's minivan or whatever, you know, and they've got their pads, they got their uh, their practice jerseys on. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did that. That sounds miserable. I'm sweating. I'm sweating through my shirt. I'm pitting out just walking the dog around the block. I can't imagine going and doing two-a-days right now in this heat. And you have those flashbacks, but at the same time, it was hard. It was difficult, but I'm glad I did it. Yes. Because you learn a lot about yourself. And, you know, I just remember in, the, in you know, early August, maybe even late July, you're, you're starting to get back together with your teammates and you're doing push-ups on that hard, prickly, dry grass. It's miserable outside. You know, for, for the entirety of summer camp, you just can't seem to get the dust and dead grass out from between your teeth. It's just, everything's <laughs> gritty. You, know, you, you, yes. you eat a hamburger at home, and it tastes like sandpaper. You know, and all of it's bad, but you don't complain at the time because everybody's going through it. Everybody is miserable, 
and you're coming together. They're still complaining. Right. What's that? Yeah, I'm a guy who would have still been complaining. (laughs) Freaking hot, man. Gosh dang. (laughs) No, actually, and the other thing about that story is they they said it it transferred to other things, too. Except for people who played youth sports and quit, they ranked the lowest in grittiness. Yeah. And even if you quit one time, if you then decided, you know what, I shouldn't have quit. I think I can get myself through that. And then you prove to yourself that you can... Then again, you're like, yes, that was a great thing. It made me grittier. Yeah. Yeah. We're all capable of much more than we have any idea. Know that. All right. Nimrods of the news coming up and a news update straight ahead. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation. News update, David Van Camp. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. So you know how uh, uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has sent a few charter buses up to Washington, D.C. filled with illegal immigrants, right? After all, D.C. is a uh, it's a it's a open armed community, a welcoming community. And, you know, they just want to see people realize the American dream. A sanctuary city. A sanctuary city for illegal immigrants. Well, Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C., is seeing reality now show up at her doorstep, and she requested the National Guard to help with the influx of illegal immigrants being sent by Governor Abbott. Uh, The Department of Defense has denied Muriel (laughs) Bowser's request for the National Guard. (laughs) Good. I, again, you're this, the enlightened this one. Should, this should be a party for you. This is what you wanted. You know how to do it better than us idiots down in Texas. Like We're a bunch of mm-hmm. racist rednecks. We don't know what we're doing down here. I don't know how to handle them Mexicans. You can. Yep. Show us how it's done. Let's go. That is one of the funniest stories of the day. <laughs> well, until this next one. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News, we go to Florida. I love Florida. But it is home of Nimrods, if there was one. And, well, we have this lady, Diane Hawks, 58, of Barefoot Bay. Um... Driving drunk on the interstate, I-95. Not just driving drunk. Driving a golf cart drunk. (laughs) They had to take her keys from the golf cart because she was trying to drive away again. (laughs) Found an open bottle of Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire. She's in trouble, and that's Nimrod.